Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. I'm at the NovaCare Complex, of course. We're getting ready for the Eagles and the Bears at what will be a very chilly Soldier Field on Sunday. Projected highs in the 20s, maybe sneaking into the 30s. 14-mile-an-hour winds, maybe a peak of sunshine. In other words, a great day for football in Chicago. And all things considered, for December, not bad at all. As the Eagles go for win number 13, and they are looking to perhaps increase their lead in the NFC. They've currently got a two-game lead on the Minnesota Vikings, on the Dallas Cowboys. The quest is to get that number one seed in the NFC playoffs and have the postseason come through Lincoln Financial Field after, of course, the Eagles get the bye week. So we are focused on that and that only. It's been a great week here at the NovaCare Complex. Brandon Graham, for the second time this season, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Big game last week. Three sacks against the New York Giants. Graham joins two Eagles players, both of them franchise Hall of Famers, Seth Joyner and Eric Allen as the only players in Eagles history to win multiple Defensive Players of the Week in the conference. So what a comeback season for Brandon Graham. I wrote about it earlier this week, and I truly believe it. Why not Brandon Graham for NFL Comeback Player of the Year? Eight and a half sacks. He has never been in double digits in his career in quarterback sacks. We remember last year, week two, devastating injury, torn Achilles tendon, but he is back. And honestly, he's playing great, great football. All of this depth up front has given the Eagles an opportunity to keep players fresh, and they are taking advantage of it. Philadelphia, 49 quarterback sacks. That leads the NFL. So it's a beautiful thing. They're going to need that pass rush this week. team they're playing, the Chicago Bears, No joke at quarterback, Justin Fields. We'll hear about him a bit later on in our first look. Larry Mayer, senior writer at ChicagoBears.com, will join me. And we talk about Fields, a second-year player who it would appear his arm and the damage it can do is catching up with his legs and the damage they do. More than 900 rushing yards for Fields this season. We're also going to take a look at the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and run through a statistical gauntlet for him because what I'm about to tell you, it really just puts into perspective how good Hurts has been. Head coach Nick Sirianni will join us as well with our Eagles one-on-one with the head coach. And we're going to hear from Hassan Redick in just a moment. But first, the Eagles making some news this week, signing a punter, Brett Kern. 13 seasons in the NFL, Denver for a year and a half, and then the Tennessee Titans. With the Titans, three times a Pro Bowl player, twice named an All-Pro. He's signed to the practice squad. He can be elevated this weekend to play against the Bears. That is the expectation. Brett Kern thrilled to join a 12-1 party on the way to the playoffs. Let's hear from Kern right here. It's great. I know my uh, when I was my second year when I was in Denver. Uh, the Broncos, we started out 6-0, and and then I got cut, went to Tennessee, 
finished the year eight and two. So I went fourteen and two that year. The only thing is we didn't go to the playoffs uh, <laughs> just because of you know where Tennessee was at and and their record. So, um, but yeah, it's it's awesome to come to a place that's twelve and one and just kind of see the culture. And it's you know it's not a mistake that they're twelve and one. Now, Kern had some options to join other teams earlier this season. Said those options just didn't feel right. This one did. Just wasn't uh, a great fit for my family and I. And so, you know, I got three kids and they're older and all in school. And so, um, you know, the decision to come here was a no-brainer um, just because of, obviously, you know, the season y'all are having, but familiarity with a lot of people on the staff and some players and uh, knowing Jake and Rick. And, and so, um, you know, it's a great opportunity and, and was ready to roll and this one was the best fit. All right, so with that, let me just make sure you understand what's going on here with the injuries and everybody moving around. Aaron Sipos goes to injured reserve after he was injured on a just a remarkable play by Sipos, a blocked punt, and then he scoops up the football. It would have been an amazing play. Actually, it was an amazing play. Runs up the sideline, nearly gets the first down yardage, gets hit out of bounds, and suffers a significant lower leg injury. We wish Aaron Sipos a very speedy recovery. The Eagles not sure if they will have Reed Blankenship this week after he suffered a knee injury, which is reportedly a lower-grade injury, not a long-term injury. So the Eagles not sure if he'll play Sunday against Chicago. To make sure they've got enough depth there, Anthony Harris signed to the practice squad. Harris, of course, a starter last year for the Eagles, was cut in uh, late in the summer, just before the season began when the Eagles traded for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. C.J., of course, on IR. Kayvon Wallace in line to start, Anthony Harris on the practice squad, and can be elevated to the active roster on Sunday as the Eagles looking to make sure they are right at safety for this game against the Bears. No matter what you think of the Bears, Eagles need to win this football game. That's all there is to it. All right, let's get to it here. The Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We kick it off right here one-on-one with Hassan Reddick, who, remarkable story, not really recruited out of high school, goes to Temple University, becomes an outstanding player there, a first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals in 2017, moves on from there after they found the right spot for him. His last year with the Cardinals, he gets double digits in sacks, then he plays for the Carolina Panthers in 2021, double-digit sacks there, and lo and behold, he's got 10 sacks here. The first player in NFL history, to have three double-digit sack seasons consecutively with three different teams. Beyond that, just a wonderful story of a player coming back home, making a difference in the community, and oh, by the way, adding a lot of punch to an Eagles pass rush that last year ranked 31st in the NFL with 29 quarterback sacks. This year, they've already got 49. They're number one in the NFL, and we've still got four games to go in this regular season. So here it is, one-on-one with Hassan Reddick. Pleased to be joined by the great Hassan Reddick for the Eagles Insider Podcast. My man! Look at that, Bill. Smiles, what's up? How you yes, doing? Sir, what's up, baby? Everything good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, let's, let's begin first with something you did this week off the field. You went to the Adventure Aquarium. You gave away toys. Uh, you served Camden, your hometown. Uh, tell me about the event and, and the commitment that you've made to those people. Uh, you know, just, uh, I've been giving back for a couple years now, uh, especially around like Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas time, just trying to make holidays special, 
you know, uh, for wherever I was playing at. And then, of course, back home. Always want to do something special back home. And um, this year was the first time being home now and playing with the Eagles. This was the first time that I was able to actually go to the event in Camden myself. So I went there, uh, man, and it was uh, it was shocking. You know, I, I didn't know they were doing it that big, man. And um, they, they, they had a whole nice little program for it. But like you said, you know, I got to make some kids happy, make some families happy, and um, just share some of my blessings. But You've been doing this since you've been in the NFL, helping Camden. Um, do you think you've made a difference? You know, I'm, I, I, I'm, it's a lot of people into – uh, that has helped me a difference, uh, difference in Camden. Um, to you know, when I first got in the league to where Camden Camden is now, uh, you know, crime rate has gone down. Um, you know, our, our, our mayor over there, you know, people, Mayor Vic, yeah, Mayor Vic, he's been doing an excellent job with the, you know, with the initiative that he's pushing, um, and with trying to rebuild the city and uh, others that's involved as well. And you know, I'm just trying to do my part and. You know, helping the kids, you know, the future, helping them, you know, spreading love, showing them some love, giving them some joy and just trying to help them, you know, whatever dreams they may have. Camden is not an easy place. Economically, it is uh, underserved. Why do you think, Hassan, you made it out and others have not? I, I, I had great guidance. You know, it starts with my parents. Uh, man, they, they, they raised me be, to be a terrific young man. Uh, that's first and foremost. And then just the dedication myself, you know, um, I, I, I never took no for an answer, never listened to anybody when they told me that I couldn't do something. Um, I was always confident, always confident in myself and I always bet it on myself. It's crazy because I know, we, you know, we've done the stories since you've been home. You weren't a great high school football player because of injuries. You really didn't have any offers. You go to Temple and everything changes. Um, now that you're in this position, do you ever look back or are you the kind of person who always kind of looks forward in life? No, I do look back, you know, because uh, you, sometimes you need a reminder where you came from. You know, sometimes you need a reminder to keep that hunger, you know, the, the, so that way you could, you could continue to have success. So I always look back, man, because like I said, uh, you know, I, I come from very humble beginnings. And, you know, as I've made strides to get where I'm at now, I just never want to forget that. I always want to carry it with me to always, you know, to never get complacent. First big check you got in the NFL first round draft pick, Arizona Cardinals. Do you, I'm not going to ask you how much it was. If you want to tell me how much it was, that's fine. <laughs> like, what, what did you think when you saw all of those numbers on a check or whatever it was? It, it, it was crazy, you know, um... You know, never had that much money. Nobody in my family ever had that much money. So um, it was crazy. Just wish I would have had, um, you know, uh, more financial literacy at the time. And yes. I, I've done a great job of building that throughout the years, understanding how to make my money work for itself and how to make my money grow. Um, but, man, just being a kid, you know, being a young adult, a very young adult at 22 years old with all that amount of money, hitting your banking account, I mean... You know, you can you could burn through it if you if you if you're not disciplined and if you don't know what you're doing. So, th I think that's the only thing, man. Looking back, I just wish I had, uh, you know, more financial literacy and you know knew how to take better care of my money. Why don't agents? So I, when I was 26 years old, I remember putting money into the, my ATM card in, which back then it was called a Mac card, mm -hmm. and they I had overdrawn my account so much that they kept the card, <laughs> and that's right. But like, I always had a job the next day. You guys may not have a job the next mm -hmm. day. Why don't agents? teach you this stuff? Why don't like your college 
um, educators make you take a personal finance class. And, and it's crazy, man. That's something that I always, quite, you know, one of the things, as I, as I got into this position, as I become, became an NFL player, one of the things that, you know, when you look at it, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that's getting this money are guys that come from, you know, poverty uh, uh, or, or dangerous neighborhoods, neighborhoods where there's not a lot of funds. So, you, you, you know, I think, especially now with NIL deals, I think colleges need to do a better job of, you know, getting financial classes to student athletes, you know, because college kids right now are going to make more money than they ever made before coming straight out of high school, which is crazy. People are going to be coming more to reach in their pockets, too. That's why I was wondering, like, when you came back to Philly, I wondered, great thing, great player, but, like, would you be able to handle all of these people now? And, and that's why I said, and, you know, before coming before coming back home i had learned so many things and how to how to deal with certain dif- different situations when people come to ask me for money you know how to funnel how to funnel those questions through you know through my parents and stuff like that through my financial advisor that way you know i can i could keep that stress at a at a uh, at, at a minimum and, you know, since I've been home, I've just been doing the same thing and it's been working out. Because I don't see you as, I see you're such a nice, caring guy. I don't see you mm-hmm. being able to tell a lot of people no, to be yeah. honest with you. You know, but my biggest thing, you know, is like, our family want to come to the game. I can do that, you know. All right, come on. I can. But, you know, sometimes just asking for money can, you know. It, it, it could, it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's tough and it, it could break a lot of hearts, man. So definitely we got to get these kids some classes uh, and so they can understand you know how to take care of their money how to protect themselves you know how to pro- and yes how to protect themselves from people that's going to be coming in and trying to get them whether it's you know whether it's family members financial advisors people coming in and saying that they have investment you know inve- investment ideas like just it's, it's it's a lot and like you said there's a lot of people trying to get into into your pockets says the future President of the National Football League Players <laughs> Association. Uh, all right, let's talk about the art of the quarterback sack. It is, mm. would you agree, an art form? It's definitely an art. And it, it, how much, how much is? Let me just list some some characteristics. You tell me how important they are. Timing, timing up a play. Man, it, it, it's very important. Um, it, it's so many things that go into getting a sack. Like, you know, you could have a pass. You could, you could, you could beat your man and still not get the sack. You know what I'm saying? You could you could beat your man within the 2.5 seconds. You know that's how they grade it. You could beat your man within 2.5 seconds and still not get the sack because you know nowadays QBs are they throwing the ball a lot faster. It's all about getting the ball out your hands, getting the ball. You know they, they're preaching it now. Um, so you know some sometimes you need things to go right for you as well. But timing, you know where, where you're at. You know just being. Being aware of where you're at in relation to the quarterback, that's another thing that's important as well. And studying how a quarterback, I mean, how much do you study how, how a quarterback moves? moves. Where, where does he like to escape? You know, is he is he a guy that like to escape on the outside? Is he a B-gap, you know, escape artist? Is he is he an A-gap, you know, what, what is he doing? Um, is he a guy that that scrambled to get yards or is he a guy that scrambles to extend the play? These are all things you need to know. Do you more often than not rush to the quarterback or to where you think the quarterback's going to be? It, 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 de- it depends, man, because each week we get some, we you know, quarterback, we, court, all quarterbacks don't have the same drop depth. So sometimes it's like trying to get, if, it, if it's a deeper, if it's a guy that sits deeper in the pocket, then it's trying to get 
to that spot. If it's a guy that's shallow, now it's about, you know, trying to either get around my man faster or go through my my man faster because the the, the, the more shallow he is in a pocket, you know, the harder it is to get to the QB. Uh, so you have had 10 or more sacks in three consecutive seasons with three different teams. Uh, congratulations on making NFL history. Thank How you. does that make you feel? Man, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy to look back and think of it, man, because... um. Like I said earlier, man, it, it 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 was a journey getting to this point. Yeah, it, it did not come easy for me, but you know, with all the with all the success, the accomplishments that I have made, you know, I'm still hungry. I want, I want, you know, I want more. I, I want more, and there's still more to be done. So, you know, while it's all great, uh, not complacent, not happy with it. What do you think offensive blocking schemes are accounting for when they? have to deal with you not giving away any secrets but are they dealing more with your speed your power your tenacity like what, what are they dealing with i mean everything i know they definitely i know first they're definitely playing me for speed um you know but i, I i've been putting power on these guys so I, I know they see like oh he you know i might not be the most powerful pass rusher there is but you know i got i got some i got some juice in the tank when it comes to my power rushers as well so I know, I know now that's on their mind too and um you know it's opened up my game a lot for me and then also congratulations Hassan on your first playoff team how did you did you celebrate Sunday night after the Giants win you nah uh -uh, mm -mm. I, I celebrate for what you know what I'm saying we're we, we not done we, we haven't really is you know I said it before in another interview yeah we 12 and 1 and, and that's great you know I, I am happy about that because I like you said earlier, I've never been I've never been to the playoffs, but seeing this team, you know, it it'd be a shame if the playoffs was the only thing we accomplished. And, you know, that's why I keep saying in every interview, it's about us just staying on the detail. It's the small de and that's the thing about it, people don't understand. It's the smallest details that separate one team from another team. And while we have accomplished a lot, we 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 haven't we haven't got to the end goal yet, so nothing to celebrate yet. But why do you think that's the mentality here? There are there are teams that would really mm -hmm. be happy twelve and one and be going crazy in the locker room celebrating a playoff spot. Why why does this team think that way? Because it's you know it's it's first of all I believe it's human nature to get complacent. You know people have success and they get complacent and they think they're done. Um and and you know the coaches especially Nick is doing a good job of making sure that we don't get complacent. And then on on. You know, on top of that, uh, this is also a team that has, in, in, in the last five years, has been to the Super Bowl, but not only been there, they also won it. So they, they, they you know, this team, you know, the people that's in this building, they want to get that feeling back. And, um, and and that's why they're not complaining. They've been there before. They have a Super Bowl. Uh, now it's about going to get more and keep adding them to the to the to the to the franchise history of the team. Well, I, I don't know if Nick was a factor in you signing here. Um but what do you think of Nick? We, he's a different kind of coach. Mm -hmm. He brings a different kind of approach every day. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very like collegiate atmosphere. Would you agree with that? Uh, like in a sense of just a lot of energy. Not I mean, oh maybe. yeah 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 yeah. Most definitely yeah. Most definitely he's a he definitely has high energy. Man, I love Nick. I I, I, I love Nick. I love the message that he preaches. You know, just every day he hits on and 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 and, and it all starts with Nick, right? He he said he's giving the same message that he's been given since the beginning of the year. You know, uh, b b uh, ball security fundamentals. I, I love when he talks about that to the offense. Even though I'm a defensive player, I love when he talks about it to the offense because I'm always stealing. You know, I'm always stealing information. Like, okay, so 
this is okay. So if I hit, if I can hit the ball here, if the elbow is not locked, that that could make you know that could possibly cause a forced fumble. So, you know, uh, Nick he's just doing a good job honing in on all the small details, technique, and you know we got talented players. The rest of care, the rest of take care of itself as long as we keep honing in on those small details. Did you see this coming back in August, July? Honestly, no. I thought I I, I felt and knew that we would be a good team. Now, if you ask me, that's good? No, but as I as we have gotten to this point and I just look at the character of the men that's on the, you know, coaches that have the character of the men that's on the team, I mean, when you're talking about bonding, friendship, brotherhood, you know, it really feels like family. Um, and, and, and that's the great thing about it. Uh, I feel like that has definitely played a part in us also reaching our goal and coming this forward. We really are on the field and we're enjoying Playing field, I mean, playing football with each other. So, thirteen games in, how do you feel physically? How do you feel mentally? Mm-hmm. Long grind here, still a long mm-hmm. way to go. Man, that, I, I feel body wise, feel, my my body feels good. You know, a little little banged up as it as it should be. It's week fourteen, you know, going into week fourteen. Um, but man, compared to some other other places I've been to at this point in the season, man, I just feel way better and. Um, you know, we're winning, man. The morale is high. <laughs> Energy is high. Uh, honestly, it's a it's a it's a blessing to be here. Um, it, it's my first time being in a situation, and it, it does feel amazing to be in this position right now. And you bet you Christmas time, twelve and one back and home. One. Like, do you do you just Clinch sit playoffs. back and really just <laughs> like, kind of pinch yourself and go, man, I am blessed right now. Man, I'm just in, in, enjoying the moment. Enjoying the moment uh, because football is, I, I said it earlier, man, this is a hard sport. It's a tough sport. It's hard to win in this game, you know, and and to be here right now, you know, like I said, we're not done, but uh, just to be, just being in the moment, you know, and understanding that, you know, we, we, we're blessed to be here. Uh, not many people, even when they do get this to the playoffs, Super Bowl, it's not in this kind of fashion. Um, so it, it is it is good to be in this spot. And then finally here, let's talk about your post-sack celebrations. Mm-hmm. What's going through your mind here? And you know, I, and I, you know, something I got to get better with. I don't, I, I just. What are you thinking? You're not even thinking. Come I'm on. I'm not. So, so many times, you know, I, I, it's just a, I, I just react up. My body just goes off of the emotion, you know. Um, it's like nothing. It, huh? It's like nothing. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I know it's like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, and I carry a chip on my shoulder. I've been I've been overlooked my whole career since coming out of high school. Been overlooked even when I was in college. I was, you know, been overlooked even being, you know, people would be like, oh, first round draft pick. I was still overlooked or put out of place. So for me, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's more than just celebrating for me. It's more than just getting a sack and trying to do a celebration. And look, it's, it's really an emotional thing. And each sack that I make, um, you know, I, 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 it's from that chip that I carry. You're the underdog. Underdog. You're True. Philadelphia. True. You're home. You, you, you are, Philadelphia is underdog. Hassan Reddick, you are also underdog. Yes. But you're the big dog now, right? Yes, indeed. Hey, man, uh, if, I don't, if I don't see it, um, great luck against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Going to do some running against Justin Fields. <laughs> chase him down a little bit. And, uh, you know, like when you, when you get a sack or two, let's, let's try to think of man, something. If, right. I, if, I, if, I could, if I could be conscious of it. What nicknames I, do you have in your life? Anything that's like a good that you can translate that into a staple... Hassan Reddick celebration? Um, um, you know, I got to do some thinking. I ain't going, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do some thinking, you know, because it is time <laughs> to get a, a, a celebration that I could just hone in on. And then, you know, uh, 
you know, people when they see it, they could be like, okay, that that's from Hassan. It it is time for one of those. But like like I said, I just been I've been playing off of emotion for so long that I don't I'm not even you know I'm I'm every time it's just a I, I told you so you know, right. every time. Hey, don't go changing. You're you're <laughs> kicking butt, Hassan Reddick. Thank you so much for joining Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Good luck. Beat the Bears. Let's get to thirteen and one. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Dave. Always a pleasure. Always. Nick Sirianni stopping by the studio for our weekly one-on-one, and I try to ask him questions that he doesn't hear in his press conferences. So I'm going to start with this one. We all know the five core principles of Sirianni's football program. Compete, connect, football IQ, accountability, fundamentals. Well, as we hear here, I'm going to ask him where that list of five core principles came from. One-on-one with Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. The Eagles on the road again this week in Chicago. Sunday ball game at Soldier Field. It's our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro and Eagles coach clinch a playoff berth. Congratulations. I know there's more to go here. Um, I'd like to start with the core values, and you've talked about them. Um, you've never really, as far as I know, told us where those core values come from. How did you form the five core values? You know, it was just, you know, going through the job interview process and really when I'm preparing for that, it's been kind of something I've always prepared for, you know, through, you know, when I'm a head coach, what is it going to look like, right? And so that's not something you just do in a week. You do that throughout your entire career. You do that, you think back to your playing days and everything like that. And so really to me, it was quite simple. It was like those are the five common uh, denominators of teams that were good that I was on. You know, the teams that I was on that were good, were, they connected, they competed, they had accountability to each other, they had good football IQ, and they had fundamentals. You know, you don't want to try to have 13, 14, 15 core values. You wanted something simple to be able to, hey, remember quickly and really fall back, not fall back on, but really put yourself into every single day. And we felt like that was, you know, as I, as I kind of thought through all those things, those are the ones that uh, really stuck into my mind. You know, the wins have piled up this year. The season goes along. You have a lot of communication through through the season with coaches. I wonder, do coaches call you during the course of the year and kind of who've maybe been in this situation and offer you advice? Well, yeah, you're always trying to get advice from every every coach that you, you that's your mentor or anything like that, and what, you know what it's like to you know be in this situation or that situation so you're always constantly talking through all those things and so uh, I've had I've had good coaches in my life that um, that I can fall back and and remember things that went we went through when we were you know winning uh, like this and 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 then if I need to call them up and be like and kind of confirm something that I'm thinking then that's easy to do I got their numbers they they're they're always willing to mentor me and and uh, and help me out along the way coaches really root for each other don't they of course, especially when it's especially when it's your guy. Right? You spend a lot of time with these guys, become your family, and you know when they, when guys move on or are in different spots, they, they root for each other. They root for their guys. Last year, your first year as a head coach, Eagles start two and five, turn things around, get to the playoffs. A hunter team, you've become a hunted team in 2022. Nobody has really flinched or kind of even acknowledged it. Why is that? I just think it's about our process. Like if you if you get wrapped up into all the different things, right? Um, whether you're two and five, whether you're twelve and one, uh, whether you're going home to play, whether you're the hunted or the whatever it is, you get wrapped into that. Like you you can follow a lot of storylines, but if you stay the same course and stay to your process, you know, stick to your process each week, 
then you're just putting yourself in position of how you win that game and, and, and not think about everything, anything else. So it's, everyone's got this huge mountain to climb. Our job is just to focus on the steps that we have for the day to get ready to, to try to go 1-0 this week. Nick, I'd like to give some love to the defense. Um, last year, new scheme, Jonathan Gannon, new coaches, some injuries, and yet a good performance. This year, it has just vaulted number two overall in defense, number one in several categories. Why the vault? Why the, the rise? And did you think it would come so quickly? Well, first it comes down to we've got really good players over there, really good leaders, really good players, and uh, they're playing their butts off. And it starts in that defensive line, you know, and, and it's we're deep at the defensive line. we got great players, great leaders at the defensive line. we got all age levels at the defensive line. And so those young guys are really benefiting from those guys that have done it for a long time too. And so it all starts there, and then, you're, and then we're strong in the secondary, we're strong at linebacker, we're strong at every area. So a tribute to Howie and his staff of the talent that he has put together here. And then, you know, Jonathan and his staff are, are working like crazy to just put the guys in position to go out and make plays. You know, when you got players like we have, it's just about, hey, how do we get them where they can go show that playmaking ability? And so it's just been a good uh, group effort by everybody. You know, and then this is why this is the greatest team sport, right? There is. You get a team that's backed up because of the punt that you have. Now that team's fighting from there. You get a team that's down because the offense built a lead because the offense has scored points. Now you're playing a different style of football. So it's a true team effort, offense, defense, and special teams of, of why that the defense is playing so good. But always starting there with that defensive line. I'd like to close with the community, and there, we're in the holidays here, and you talk about connecting, and it's not just on the football field or in the locker room. The players really do care about the community. Players spend time on Tuesdays giving time to the community. Hassan Reddick on Monday night closes the Adventure Aquarium, gives out a bunch of gifts to his kids from his hometown. Um, why do you think that is happening, and how much pride do you take that your players care so much and connect with their communities? I just think it's it's the type of guys we have here, right? And it's the, you know, not only do we have these guys that are great football players, we've got great men on this on this football team. And, you know, Hassan, he's always, always reaches out to the community. It's kind of cool, like, that, you know, he can reach out to his own community, not only that he plays football in, but also the one he grew up in. I constantly see him doing things with that, and it's awesome. It's awesome because we have so many guys that have this great God-given ability that they've maximized into being in the NFL, and then they're using that platform they have to help many others and to, and to inspire change and to help other people, and, and that's pretty awesome. Great stuff on and off the field for the Philadelphia Eagles. Looking for win number 13 Sunday in Chicago. Good luck, Nick. Thanks so much for joining us. Our weekly one-on-one -on -one with head coach Nick Sirianni. All right, now let's get our first look at the Chicago Bears, a 3-10 and 10 team. But as Larry Mayer from ChicagoBears.com says, looks can be deceiving. The Bears are rebuilding, and they've made a lot of progress despite that losing record. Let's get into it with Larry Mayer, senior writer for ChicagoBears.com. Larry, uh, you've been around a long time. You've seen new regimes come. You've seen old regimes go. Uh, how is the Matt Eberflus regime going? The era begins with Justin Fields at quarterback. And um, I don't know, from the outside, it looks like a team that has been competitive uh, at 3-10, and 10, um, maybe a bit better than some thought from the outside. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, you know what, Dave? It's really interesting because I have been through some regime, regime changes. The biggest difference is that the Bears seem to finally have landed a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know how familiar Eagle fans are with the Bears' woes at quarterback, but it's been a very long time since the Bears had a 
excellent franchise quarterback. And Justin Fields, really, with his dynamic dual threat ability, really seems to be that guy. He's really come on this year. He's setting records in terms of his rushing ability. Um, and he's also throwing the ball much better. And uh, I think that's giving hope to a lot of Bear fans that haven't had hope before. And uh, what you said about the close games is, is exactly right. The Bears are 3-10, and 10, but they've had eight opportunities to either tie the game or take the lead late in games on their final drive, and they've only been able to accomplish that one time, which is week three against Houston. It's really been a variety of different problems that have plagued them, but uh, the 3-10 and 10 record could be a lot better if they had executed down the stretch. Let's talk about field. You know, we've seen Jalen Hurts mature into this MVP quality quarterback, and it really, it really does come with throwing the football like Fields, you know, Jalen had the ability to make plays with his legs. Now we're seeing consistent plays from the pocket with his arm. Where is Fields in that department and how much growth has he had in the last year? That's a very good question. And, you know, he's really made a lot of growth in that aspect of the game in the last couple of weeks. I think part of it, too, is that he suffered a left shoulder injury late in the game against Atlanta. And ever since then, he's maybe been a little more hesitant to run and take off from the pocket. And I think that's kind of coupled with the fact that he's more comfortable going through his progressions. One of his best throws against the Packers a couple of weeks ago came when he basically went through two or three options and nobody was covered. And instead of taking off, he just found Cole Komet, the tight end, down the sideline wide open for a 24-yard gain. So he has been making that type of growth. I think he still can do a better job of, of checking the ball down, which he doesn't necessarily always do, um, and just kind of taking what the defense gives him and you know, living for the next play. Um, but that's all part of the growth process, and you know, this is his second year in the NFL, but it's also his first in this system um, with Luke Getze, who's the offensive coordinator. So um, he has made good progress, and it'll really be interesting to watch the last four games of the season. He's facing, uh, obviously, the Eagles, a great team. He's also facing another Super Bowl contender in the Bills the next week. So a lot of challenges left on the, on the schedule for the Bears. Larry, how have defenses played fields? Have you seen a spy a lot of the times? You know what? Some defenses have done the spy. Some have kind of played with wider defensive ends. Um, it's tough playing with a spy, though, because none of these guys are as fast as Fields. I mean, Fields ran a 4-4-40, and he's just as fast in his football equipment as some guys don't really run their time speed. Some guys are faster, some are slower. He is extremely fast. I mean, if you watch, he's the first quarterback ever to have 50, 350-yard-plus touchdown runs in their career, and he's done it in a couple months. And it's just, you watch him break through the first line, line of defense and then he just he's outrunning fast cornerbacks it's just it's incredible his size and speed and he's a big guy at 6'3 so it's really like nothing I've ever seen in terms of his running ability and it's been really exciting and the fans are very amped up about it so the goal for Chicago is obviously to build around Justin Fields to what extent have they done that offensively how do you see the offensive line and and the run game I know you've got some injuries there Um, and then a big addition in the pass game as well well, the run game is very strong. Um, they have a couple of very good running backs in David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, who he'll, he's on injury reserve and he's going to miss Sunday's game, but he should be back the, the week after that. The Bears rank number one in the NFL in rushing. A lot of that, obviously, is Justin Fields, who was as high as fifth in the NFL in rushing at one point before he got hurt and missed a game, and also our bye week came. Um, 
but it, it's just really interesting to see what they're doing on offense with him. And uh, in terms of the, the talent around him, a lot of people have criticized our offensive line, but I think that the offensive line, especially in the Packers game in the last few weeks, has really made a lot of strides. He was not even sacked at all in the game. And uh, I, I think they're better. And I, I'm not saying that as Chicago Bears play, Dave, but I'm saying that because I think they're a lot better than people think. A lot of the sacks that he took early in the season, a lot of them were when he held on to the ball too long. And really they gave him some good protection and, and had the pocket clean for a while. Um, in terms of the receivers, it's no secret that the Bears need some receivers. Um, interestingly, during the season, they traded a second-round pick to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. He hasn't made a huge impact yet because he's still kind of learning the offense. It's a pretty complex offense, but that's a guy, another guy that fans are really interested in watching, and he's hopefully going to make a big impact next season after working all offseason with the Bears in the, uh, the offseason program. The Bears' top receiver, Darnell Mooney, unfortunately, is out for the season with an ankle injury, so it's tough. And also, I mentioned Cole Komet before. He's also been really emerging as a big threat in the passing game the last couple of weeks as well. All right, so the Bears will have the challenge of matching up against Jalen Hurts in the number one ranked offense in the NFL. Larry, how do you see that matchup going? What what do the Bears try to focus on first, the run game, the Hurts run game, or the pass game? That is a very good question, Dave, and it is not a good matchup for the Chicago Bears going into the game against such an explosive offense. The Bears' defense has really struggled throughout the season. Um, in the offseason, the Bears traded it, – it's been a total rebuild here. So the Bears traded Khalil Mack, did not re-sign um, Danny Trevathan or Akeem Hicks. Hicks is now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. During the season, they traded Robert Quinn – and also Roquan Smith, their two captains for draft picks, draft capital to look for the future. Um, probably the top defender, veteran defender remaining was Eddie Jackson, who was really having a bounce-back season. He suffered a season-ending foot injury, so it's really been a bunch of unheralded, unknown guys playing defense, and the defense has struggled. I will give you one guy to watch, though. His name is Jack Sanborn. He's an undrafted rookie from Wisconsin, and he stepped in, and he has played phenomenal in like the last five games ever since Roquan was traded. So he'll, he'll be a guy to watch on Sunday, but it's going to be a tough matchup for the Bears. So I guess, Larry, I mean, Eagles fans are going, hey, there, there's just no way the Eagles can lose this game so much to stake. I mean, how, how do the Bears win this football game? Well, like I said before, the record's kind of uh, – kind of strange because there's been so many close games the bears generally stay in the game and the way the bears can win the game is I, i'm not as worried about their offense because they're they're pretty explosive against even some good teams but the big thing that's been causing the problems has been the defense in terms of giving up a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards the bears probably struggle the most at generating pressure on the quarterback so they're going to need to get a pass rush going on Sunday to have any chance to win and also force some turnovers. The defense has only generated one takeaway in the last four games, so that, that's an area that they need to uh, focus on and improve on. It's just such an interesting matchup. I mean, the Eagles are on this mission to get the number one seed. I just, I, I, a letdown game, you always wonder, but I just, it's so hard to see it. Will the weather be a factor? I know it's going to be cold. Do you hear anything about Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think the weather's going to be much of a factor. It's not going to be the old fog bowl again, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, um, that's for sure. I, I, yeah, I had to throw that one in there. But, you know, it's the NFL. You just never know. I mean, who would have thought that Houston Texans could have had a real real good chance to upset the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday? 
I watched a lot of that game, and uh, you just never know. So it'll be fun that Sunday. I'm just so interested to see Justin Fields and see if he's kind of on that Jalen Hurts path. Um, because early, you know, Jalen, you always wondered, hey, he can make plays. Like, but at some point, a defense is going to shut that down. Has it, any defense been able to shut down Justin and the damage he does with his legs? Um, not. I wouldn't say shut down. Um, some defenses really are trying to make – make him stay in the pocket and beat him that way. But he has, like against Green Bay, he had a 56-yard completion, a 49-yard completion, in addition to the one that I told you about earlier to Cole Komet. So I think the way they played the game, they were trying to say, hey, if you're going to beat us, you're not going to do it with your legs. But then he also gets big big gains with his legs as well. So it's I wouldn't say anyone's really shut him down, but some teams have uh, really tried to make him beat him as a passer, not a runner. It'd be fun. Hey, Larry Mayer, thank you so much for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Appreciate it, and I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to seeing you, Dave. In this week's Extra Point, let's take a look at Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Here's some numbers. Just absorb these numbers because they're amazing. Since week five of this season, 24 total touchdowns, first in the league. 8-0 to total touchdown-to-turnover ratio, okay? 112.4 passer rating. All of this is first in the league. Every single statistic, first in the league. Total touchdowns, total TD to turnover ratio, the 112.4 passer rating, the 18 touchdowns to zero interceptions ratio, 6.8 percentage TD percent passing. So 6.8% of his passes are going for touchdowns, first in the league. 0.4 interception percentage, first in the league. 71.7, third and fourth down completion percentage, first in the league. 11 passing touchdowns of 20-plus yards, you guessed it, first in the league. So where has he come the farthest from last year to this year? Here's what head coach Nick Sirianni had to say about that when asked on Wednesday that question. I just think I, I think what he's most improved on is just his timing with everything of how we see in the field. Um, it all starts with that. Like you can be as accurate as you want. You can you can be the most accurate person in the world, but if you're not seeing it in time, these defensive backs close quick, and if you're not seeing it in time, these defensive linemen these defensive linemen can close quick. So I think the biggest improvement and that he just keeps getting better at is is his vision and how he's seeing it, and it's because he works his butt off. He's he's always here. He, he's always in this building. It, it doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter if the players are in that day or not. He's always here, always working on his craft, always working on, you know, getting his body physically ready, always working on his mind, making sure that's mentally ready. Tribute to Jalen. He's a big time. He's a stud. Now, Jalen is somebody who is very, as we know, humble, even keeled, very matter of fact. Why, Jalen Hurts, have you had success? I just work. It ain't, there's no, um, there's no secret formula. There's no uh, rocket science to it. I just put the work in, you know, and I've tried to remain consistent in my habits throughout my whole entire career. You know, everybody may see certain results, but nobody sees the work. Um, and the work has been consistently put on, put in every off season, um, learning from every moment, good, bad, or indifferent. So just, you know, just trying to continue to grow. And with that growth, you want to um, definitely try and earn the respect of your teammates and you know, lead them. And one thing you really notice about Hurts, and I think everybody's really grabbed hold of this, the guy is just an incredible leader. 
Here is what Hurst has to say about being the leader of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think as a leader, you definitely want to um, try and give good guidance. Um, and I think the number one thing as a leader that you can't be a hypocrite in those things. So the same things that I'm telling Miles Sanders or Jason Kelsey or Coach Sirianni or whatever and giving my opinion on something, I have to practice those same habits, you know. So, you know, I think we have a mentality as a team. Um, I definitely try and carry a, a strong mentality by myself, and that, that's all rooted in a foundation of having high principles and values for myself and um, having a, a determined work ethic, you know, and I think that's something that we have as a team, you know, and the most important thing you can do is just keep the main thing the main thing and focus on what's in front of you. You have a lot of different things that go on that could be distractions if you let it. But um, you got to focus on what's important. But ultimately, you decide what's important. So there you have it. A little extra point on number one, Jalen Hurts, who's just had an MVP season. Just wanted to put it in perspective for you ahead of this game in Chicago against the Bears. Our next Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group will come on Sunday shortly after the Eagles and the Bears play in Soldier Field. Our instant reaction, Eagles Insider Podcast. Make sure you're with us then. I want to thank you all for joining each and every episode here. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Kira Mahoney, and everyone who helps put this Eagles Insider Podcast together. From the Eagles side, Ray Doyle, John Gnode, Bob Lang, Brett Strosacker, Ali Waddington of the Eagles Media Relations Department. All of the players who take the time to come into the studio and just give themselves, give me a lot of time. And they, you know, I think the interviews have been great. They've all been walking out here saying, I really like this interview. I really feel like, Hassan walked out and said, I think I want to do a podcast now. It's like the ultimate compliment to me. Actually, the ultimate compliment to me is that you take time to listen every week. And I thank you very, very much. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining me, everyone, on this Eagles Insider podcast. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!